Y'all, I don't know. What do y'all, do y'all, how y'all feeling about this? I don't know. <laughs> how y'all feeling about this? <sighs> I'm just, I'm just like progressively getting shook and more shook. Yeah. And not in a way that I thought I'd be shook. You Perpetually know? shook. Yeah. I'm shooketh. I just love that everything that I thought was going to happen hasn't, except for one thing, and we'll get to it. So this was Season 8, Episode 5 of Game of Thrones, The Bells, written by D&D, G-R-M, and uh, story edited by Dave Hill, or runs the writer's room, whatever Dave does, besides being magical. Uh, and to get, directed by Miguel Sapochnik. I almost got it out. Sapochnik? Sapochnik. Me, butcher of names. That's my only, um, you know, moniker out there. So Ian was noticing on the rewatch this morning in the astrolabe in the opening that you see what we assume is Drogon burning down the Red Keep. It it kind of looked like that. I mean, you had the you had the dragon yeah. and the fire, and then you had soldiers. So and the, it looked the like yeah. A, the so, you know. so the show is telling you what's fixing to go down. Yeah. So Interesting. When, so Issy Varys sitting at his writing desk, you know, by the way, his penman, it looks like uh, his his handwriting looked like Comic Sans to me. It was very distracting. Uh, oh, so, Varys? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Sending out, he's sending out birds, you know, ravens. And I'm like, who do you think he's sending these to? And I was just thinking, if I'm Varys, I'm telling everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. Er, like All the houses. Everybody who's got ravens, who's got an inbox, is getting this message from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how long he's had time to do this. I don't know how long he's been at his laptop turning these out. But he's yeah, got... I'm just, yeah, I'm just... I'm wondering if, if he managed to get any of them out before he got executed. Well, and again... <coughs> well, let me take that back. Varys doesn't necessarily send ravens. He sends little birds. He's got mm. the children's network still set up. Like, he sets that up wherever he is. So if he's like, he's reaching out to little Martha in the kitchen, I feel like he's still doing that. So when he's like checking in with little Martha here, it was on the second rewatch that Ian looked at me and goes, he's trying to poison her. And straight up, he's trying to poison Danny using Martha. Yeah. And that was the, I mean, because when we, when he had that conversation with, uh, with Tyrion, you know, that last conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I, I got the sense of, like, he's going to do something. like, And so I'm like, what is he going to do? Because yeah. Tyrion was like, come on, you know, don't do not do this. Don't, you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get the whole poisoning thing until the second time we watched. I was like, that, oh. And it makes a lot more sense. Here's the, here's the whole full story in full circle with Varys. He was the one with Ilario who um, snuck Viserys and Danny out of the capital before Robert could have them murdered. So they took them over to across the narrow sea to hide them out, thinking, you know, the Targaryens should be the rightful rulers of the land. Now, out of the gate, I've always questioned this logic. You just saw the Mad King, like, lose it. And he was his council. Varys was the Mad King's council. And I know he's talking about flipping coins and stuff, but he had to have known this was on the horizon. And I guess he did until he didn't, until Danny did that 180 and started talking about murdering folks. He seemed to be on her side. He was there all the way up until that point where he was like, this is a mistake. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 
Or was he? I mean... No, and he did, because he tells Tyrion last episode, he's like, make no mistake, my thing is the realm, okay? Like, I'm dead serious about being on the side of the people. And when he sees Danny going, they're not innocents, they're not rebelling against their queen, he's like, okay, all right, okay. And now we've got this dude over here. Anyway, so he sent Martha straight up, like, looking for an opportunity to kill Danny, but Danny's not eating, because Masande's been murderized and she's got other things on her mind so anyway john arrives at dragonstone he's come from um white harbor and overseeing the troops posting up and he meets uh varus on the shore there and they have this very traitorous conversation on the beach and i'm like whoa yeah yeah (laughs) varus doesn't give a fuck at this point now this is the thing that really grabbed me Varys has always been a very careful man, a very calculated man. He survived this long, and as he tells John, or he tells someone at some point, maybe even Danny, I've advised more kings and queens, you know, than any man on earth. Why is he doing this in in, in the open? Yeah, very uncharacteristic. I think I'm I'm wondering if it's uh, a subtle way of. Um maybe risking that someone eavesdropping or something in case his letters don't pan out. I don't know. Interesting. So it's like, it, it, it almost feels as if like a lot of things, you know, that we've seen in this season, it just, it almost feels like it, it had to get done because of the time crunch. Yeah. I felt like too. I felt a little like, because a, a lot of things feel rushed, not in a way that it's like, it's making it a detriment to the show because every single episode to me, for me has been amazing. I, I don't have any problems with them. I love this episode by the way, but it just feels, you know, Same. it feels like a, it's like they had to get this done in, in, or how about this? Deadline. There's that, well, but if, how about this? I was just thinking maybe we've never really seen Varys fully operate. We've never really been in the room where it happens with him. We always see the results. We see him begin something. We've never seen him mid process. That's a good point. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is how he operates. Maybe he's thinking, I'm on an enclosed beach. Who's going to say anything? You know, John's men are loyal to him, and the person who bitches him out is Tyrion. What? You know, like maybe he feels like he's in a safe place. But in this conversation, I'm sorry, were you going to offer up something else about that? Well, I was just going to say the the I, I've heard the the whole rush thing too. And while I I feel like I feel nervous that we're wrapping up this this huge story in six episodes. This is all by design. I mean, HBO wanted to keep the show going, and D and D said. Six episodes. I think we can do it in six episodes. And I don't think anybody needed to be any. If they needed eight or twelve or fifteen, HBO would have given them the yeah, money. Yeah, 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 and the time. Totally. So, so I feel like they. I don't know that I'm buying rushed either because I'm looking at like how these things are laying. And again, this is the most we've in these past several episodes. This is the most we've seen Vera speak up and say something. Yeah, it's just it's just like it just it just feels like. You know, a little uncharacteristic because everything up to this point has been very long and drawn out. And maybe that's just the way it is when things come to a conclusion. Yeah. It it snowballs faster than you, you are well, accustomed Varys, to. Well, Varys is yeah. desperate you because know. he knows that Danny is about to commit genocide. So maybe he's like, I don't give a fuck about yeah. my life. You know, he, he's trying to talk some sense into John. And John's like, you know, and he's like, you know, the gods 
flip a coin in with the togs. And John's like, not much for riddles where I'm from. <laughs> Very stark response. She is my queen. Now, here's my deal. Because John's doing such a Ned thing right now. He's being such a Ned. I mean, why? This is, I'm trying to question this logic. I know he's, he's loyal to a fault. But not, surely John knows Danny. Or does he just not see it like Tyrion? May, are they just such good men that they just can't see? They hold out against hope that she's going to do the right thing because they've de- she showed up and diverted her plan to take the Iron Throne and go and help with the dead. Yeah. Only because if the dead win, then it would have been a lot harder for her to win that throne. That's this is what true. I was talking about last week is that uh, John, it's it's been like kind of up in the air for a while whether John supports Danny because of their relationship together or if, if he actually truly believes in what she's doing. And I feel at this point, again, I feel like he is doubling down on his devotion because he doesn't want to appear, appear as a threat to... Danny, which mm. is how Tyrion describes him later on in the in the meeting. You know, there's a threat to you. I should know about it. So, again, it's again like if if anything, if we could have used anything this season, it would to it would be to show just how John gets to this point. Mm. I know where it seems like we're we're not seeing a lot of what's actually going on behind the scenes, and I feel like we don't necessarily need to. But yeah. I, I get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I I'm still like pondering if I mean after this episode, I don't know how John feels about her, but in that moment, I think John is un, like unequivocally just completely devoted to her, even though he he perceives himself as a threat to her right to the throne. So I don't know. Right. Is it is only his second girlfriend? I feel like John should have <laughs> yeah. dated more. Just well, dated I mean, more. he is consistent as far as like you know, being a man of his word. He is. You know, and he's always been that way. And he did give her assurances that I will follow you. And he tells her, I don't, he tells Varys this, he tells everybody, I don't want this. But, okay, so then Tyrion turns around and rats out Varys to Danny Again, I'm like, what are you doing, Tyrion? This actually sort of made sense to me because I feel like this was Tyrion, this was Tyrion trying to, to, um, cover up the wound of losing Masande, which was more or less his fault for, for trying to go and reason with Cersei. That's true. Uh, <laughs> again, yeah. and he was he was still doing this episode. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? Uh, no, I feel, I feel like this was um, his attempt to try to smooth things over with her. Yeah. So then she knows, she cuts to the chase. She knows what time it is. She knows all of this stems from Jon Snow. Yeah, she calls it out, like, She's like, because John yeah. told Sansa, who told you, who told Varys, who, guess what, is probably telling everybody as we speak, and whether she's aware of the poisoning plot or not, she rightly so is needs to get rid of that threat. So, and Varys knows what time it is, too. And again, maybe he acts so boldly. He knows maybe his death is nigh and he's got to get he's got to get his reason out of his mouth to other people's ears. He's got to get the message out to the world. So when he hears like footsteps in the hallway, he doesn't even hesitate. He pulls off those rings. I'm feeling like he's leaving those for Martha. There's a significance in the rings that maybe we I don't mm-hmm. know about. He's leaving those for someone. Um, because, you know, this little girl or whomever can use that to further themselves. But he's. 
he's ready to like peace on out because when Grey Worm comes in with chains, he doesn't even, he's just like, all right. And this death on the beach scene at night, does it, did it remind you guys of when Melisandre had Stannis? It totally did. Yeah. Burn all those bannermen. Yeah. So at the, at the seven stakes, you know, killing their religious thing. So mm-hmm. it was like the, nothing come, nothing good comes of a night meeting with Danny on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's interesting because Tyrion and Varys have this moment. And Olena's presence, she may be gone, but not forgotten. Olena kind of hovers in this episode around Danny, especially because she's encouraged Danny to say, fuck peace. Nothing that ever gets done in peacetime. Be a dragon. Be a dragon. That's right. That's right. And then we also have Tyrion saying, it was me. He's letting Varys know, using Olena's words, you know, I was the one who betrayed you. And again, Varys, nothing's, nothing shocks this, this guy. He's been around the block. And he's yeah. like, you know, I hope I deserve this. Truly, I do. I hope I'm wrong. And then when we see Drogon's head come out of the darkness, I was like, whoa. That was a really cool shot. That was a cool shot. And for a second, I thought, will, will Drogon do it? Is he hesitating? No, he's just like. For a brief <laughs> second, too, I was hoping, like, are you going to hesitate? She's getting his yeah, head Yeah, it, it was the know. suspense. Yeah, it was, yeah. But it's like I I I like I do feel I feel a bit cheated that this is how Varys goes out. I mean, I think it's very it's it's very apropos. I mean, the Master of Whispers, there's three people, a couple guards, very much under wraps, but it's like we spent 8 years with this dude and this is how you go. I'm like, "Uh, didn't a sorceress start to tell him about his death or tried to tell him about his death at one point and talked about flames?" Blue flames. The blue flames. Well, that's when she burnt his manhood in the blue flames, but she saw something there. It was a red uh, witch, right? I don't know. Didn't Melisandre at some point say, we're going to die here, you and me? You and I are both going to die in this strange country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what, because when he was telling Tyrion that story, I don't, but now that you mention it. There's something that someone had saw in, in the flames about his fate. Yeah. And he always uh, he always hated the the red women and sorcery, and witchcraft, um, but they knew probably how he was going out. So they say goodbye, and then you know homeboy gets roasted on the beach, and I was just sitting here thinking Conleth Hill, and then we hear in like the revealed episode, <laughs> how long over seven months? Yeah, they had to keep going back to shoot like Conleth's death, and he's like, oh shit, okay, here we go, I'm going to get killed again. <laughs> I missed the part. Why did they have to do that? Because of, I think, the rain. The torrential rain knocked them out of their schedule, and they had other things they needed to move on to, so they, have, they kept coming back. They had covered with the wide shot, but they didn't get all of the, the close-ups. Yeah, there were some pieces they had to recover. So Conleth had to come mm. back in over this several times and just be like, oh, shit, okay, got to get, get killed. That's incredible. They're like seven months for like a five minute <laughs> right, scene to say That's goodbye. Crazy. You would have never thought. You would have never thought. Shaw is no joke. And then, you know, when this happens, John, even though he's standing there, he kind of gives her a look like, shit. Yeah. I know he saved you as a baby. He hosted you. Now, okay, he was there when she got sold off the drug going, you know, raped repeatedly. Um, But yeah, John is giving her that look like, 
Dang. My girlfriends are always crazy. That happens, you know, that happens several times with several, you know, with Tyrion and Davos throughout the, throughout this episode. They're given, they're just all have those looks like. The glance of like, you know, like, it's like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Now we have Danny by the fire, full on in her grief. She's sitting there with Grey Worm. Um, I didn't. Did anybody remember that his name was Torgo uh, Nutto? No, no. I was like, who? <laughs> I think I would go by Grey Worm. Anyway, um, when John comes in, it's like he's walking in on an intimate moment. I'm not mean sexually. I feel like he's the outsider coming into this scene. It's her. Yeah. And Grey Worm in their grief over Masande, and she hands him the the only thing that the that Masande ever owned, which was her collar that she came with as a slave. And he burns that in the fire, and I'm like, oh shit! Both of these people are saying goodbye to reason in my mind. They're and, like, bring yeah. blood and fire on, bitch. And that could have been the War Council right there, where yeah. they discussed what they were going to do. It could have been. She has no one else. Yeah, that you know? battle plan that she'll have later on, that probably could be like her bouncing some ideas off of her. They've moved on past mourning their girl and they're just straight to business. And so when John comes in, I just feel like he's already been sealed off. This this scene is very strange to me. I think it's really multifaceted. First of all, did anyone else get the sense that, that Grey Worm was like blames Danny for Missandei's death because he's still serving her but I just got the feeling that he was trying to like really hold back his anger no I don't I didn't get that at all I mean I'm I'm not saying you're wrong I didn't pick up on that I feel like he was just he's ready to kill the shit out of Cersei Mm, okay I got that it's like neither one of them like Danny didn't want to treat with Cersei you know, she, she was resisting that. And now yeah. that they've lost the someone that means everything to them, I think they're just itching to go fight. Like, she's rushing the battle now. She's, like, telling Tyrion, we're going now, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know. And then the scene with John, I'm still perplexed about it, watching it the third time when she's like, I told you not to tell Sansa. What the fuck? You know, and then she says now about Vera's. Now she knows what happens when people learn the truth about you. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then when, when, yeah. she, when she said it's when she said um, she's just as much as to blame. It's like almost like like I'm going to beat your ass and then look at look what you made me do. Right. Like you did this. Right. And that's just that disconnect of of any type of um, moral. uh you know, a compass. Right. And also she's never said, never once has she said, you have the more rightful claim. Maybe you should think about leading, delving into his story, asking him about resurrection. Exactly. Exactly. And this is, this is completely why I don't, I think Danny has been doing this for herself. She's not like various. She's not unlike various. She's not, and she's not, uh, concerned with the well-being of the realm, she's concerned with who's who's sitting on that throne. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't even try to talk about it with John and try to see, even though he doesn't want it. I feel like 
She doesn't Danny even doesn't, consider it, does she? Not even. Ex- no, what? she doesn't. She doesn't consider it. She doesn't have the wherewithal to think. Well, he technically does have a. Maybe he needs to be put in some sort of similar. No, it's like she. It's her or nothing. Yeah, and she doesn't this, even yeah. say, "Do you want to rule with me?" I she mean, doesn't for, even offer that up. She doesn't yeah. even offer him veep from from like day like season one. You know, it's really been I'm gonna take back what was stolen from me, what's been stolen from my family. You know, it's, I'm just I'm going to go in there and I'm going to take my throne back. But do you know who was part of that propaganda from the get was Varus. So, yeah, as I looked so. back at this execution the third time, I'm like, Varus, you brought this on yourself, dude. You you tooled this girl up. You raised her up on propaganda. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't when you went to join forces with her when you made the initial mistake. Right. I mean, this was. This was way back in season one in Baratheon. And Varys never says, maybe I I made a mistake. He says, you're making a mistake. I got to tell you something. You know, Mel fucked up. Melisandre did some some pretty egregious shit. You know, number one, Shireen. But she also did admit that she was wrong and stayed there to redeem herself. Danny's not even remotely considering anybody else's point of view. And so when she goes to kiss John and she's demanding his love and says, am I, that's, that's, um, is that all I am to you as your queen? She's wanting him to just fully commit to him, body and soul. And John, who's lived a very solitary life, an isolated, compartmentalized life, not as a Stark, not as anybody, but as Jon Snow, is like, I don't think he wants to give himself over to anyone or anything. Exactly. This is what I mean when I say the scene is so multifaceted. It's if she can get him to be hers like you said body and soul then she still has that card to play against him she still can control him in that way and keep him in check and it's that and it's also her just grasping onto one thing one person that'll care about her or love her no matter she's what lost literally everything yeah you know and the closest person that's coming to that so far is gray worm but you know him being an unsullied you know there's there's a uh, cultural difference there she doesn't feel this, that same relationship she did with Masande. yeah so she's literally grasping at any straws that she can and this is again this is laying down the pipe for what's <laughs> for what's going to happen later on the episode well speaking of pipe that got laid i mean when your first boyfriend or first husband is drogo who's just a <laughs> warlord you know that's like that's her first relationship in the world is Drogo. She named her fucking dragon after him. And boy, is that carrying some weight in this. And so when I'm interpreting it this way, maybe I got it wrong. When John, he doesn't recoil from her. He withdraws that from her. I'm like, I'm not going to give that to you. But he doesn't do it unkindly. She's like, all right, then let it be fear. And I'm like, whoa, you are hard to date, bitch. Dang. Yeah, that was another one of those turning moments for her, I feel. Yeah, I think that was yeah. probably that? her last her last turtle that she had to, to jump. Yeah, what's that saying? A Targaryen alone in the world is, is a terrible thing. It's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. That's that scene. That's what all that that's what that scene is about. They just have to be that diva that have to be loved. I mean, sometimes you get a Rhaegar, and then sometimes you get a fucking Danny. So Dang. And if you go back to the history of the Targaryens when you read the books, it's fascinating what all them clowns done. There's, yeah. I think there's only been one Targ 
to date that actually lived to a ripe old age. Everybody else. And that was Amon up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Amon on the wall was the only Targaryen who managed to live to the ripe old age and die, you know, there at the, at the Night's Watch and the King's Watch, having fulfilled a life of service. Everybody else who stayed in power was driven by power, murdered by their enemies. Well, that's why, you know, when, when Varys is talking to John on the beach, he says, you know, when a Targaryen is born, the gods flip a coin yeah. and hold their breath. Right. It's like, what the fuck is going to happen? So I feel like, yeah, I mean, this for people saying that this for what Danny was totally out of character, they didn't see it coming. I don't know what show you've been watching. Yeah, you haven't been watching this one. But this was well, not a surprise. <laughs> I mean, we've been watching this since her, her way of problem solving, even in Marine, is I'll burn the slave masters. I'll kill all the I'll cows. I'll crucify them. Yeah, yeah, I'll crucify everybody on the post yeah. on the way up. And I was like, oh, shit. And if, well, you're, on, if yeah. you're on the wrong side of that message, yeah, she's the enemy. But when you're like the person being freed, she's the savior. But she killed a bunch of fools to get where she is. So I don't know how all of a sudden everybody thinks this is too soon. This, Yeah, we'll get to it. It's Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Danny goes full dragon as Alina has suggested, uh, gave her the idea. And so here's Tyrion. Poor Tyrion, man. His LinkedIn is, you know, about to get Figna take, take down. Danny's over there just, like, <laughs> deleting his resume offline and basically just saying he's trying more time to reason with her because, again, Tyrion really has, he's changed in the way that he's, he cares about the people. He's, he has a like interest with Varys. He has a like interest with John. They do care about other people. Whereas when we first see Tyrion, he doesn't care about anybody but himself. And because he's been tortured and made to feel like a monster, he stays drunk half the time and whoremongers. And now he's actually trying to do something good with his life. And he's fucked up. He's made a lot of bad decisions. He's misled her. And he sees that she is not right in the head. She's lost her hairdresser. She ain't eating. She's sitting by the fire with Grey Worm. So he's like, Okay, and then she burnt Varys on the beach. So he's asking for mercy, and she is just sitting there straight up. Like I find it funny when they are when they're one on one in the uh, war room. She's kind of low level, seething at him. But when we're having yeah. this conversation, she's sitting on the Dragonstone throne, and we ain't having a conversation. You're taking my orders. Yeah. And then he's begging her, like, hey, if we get in there and and we get a chance to save the people and somebody rings the bell, will you not attack if we can get to the bell and ring the bell? And she gives a nod to Grey Worm, like, sure. And I have to believe in this moment that she was going to try. You know, I, I, think, I think she did intend to honor that. I yeah. think the pivotal moment of the episode when she does decide to do what she does... I think that was a very much in the moment kind of decision for a number of reasons. And I, she does it reluctantly, though. I, I felt like. I, the first time I watched it, I felt like okay, she's gonna be. She's that's like okay. If you hear that, then let's do this. The second time I watched it, though, I had this. I felt like that the nod was, you know, the plan. You know what we talked about. Wait for just wait for the signal. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. She's not going to. Yeah, we'll never I, really yeah, know what I she don't thinks. Know, you know, because we know what happened, whether yeah. that's true or not. But I, I, I got that sense the second time watching. I it. think, I think if she did plan ahead to do that, we wouldn't have seen that 
that almost moment of hesitation yeah. right before she dies. She tried. Because I think in that, in that moment, she's really just trying to parse out what to do next. And she just kind of goes for what she knows. So When we're doing the previous part going yeah, into the well, episode, you hear all of those past voices talking about the good and the bad of Targaryens. Don't, don't yeah. you know, you don't want to wake the dragon, do you? You know, she's got a kind heart, you know, be a dragon, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's grappling with herself. She is at war with herself. Yeah, it's not, it's not a piece. It's not a moral. What does she say afterwards in the thing? It's not about a piece of cake. Yeah. You know? Eat all the fucking chocolate Eat cake you want. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then as Tyrion goes to withdraw, she goes, oh, by the way, I caught your bro trying to get through the lines to get to, you know, his sister lover. Uh, how about them apples? And then she gives him a warning. You know, hey, next time you fail me, it'll be the last time you yeah. fail me. And you're like, oh, shit. I feel like Tyrion yeah. has been being, has been out, out maneuvered a whole lot this he season. He way in and over his head now. You know, Sansa has been yep. running around him. Yep. Now Danny, Daenerys is running around him. Yep. Well, here's, here's what I think is interesting that I'm seeing a lot of in this season is the the consequences of what happens when you make a choice based on emotion versus the logic. So Tyrion's true. gamble to try to save the citizens and go to reason with Cersei is completely... Um, the crux of it is his emotional, however minimal, attachment to Cersei and to the people of King's Landing. In the same token... This is exactly what happened with Danny. All logic goes out the door when you've gone through what, what Danny's gone through. And I feel like this is where people kind of forget that because it's so easy to watch and just sort of like be baffled by someone not adhering to your personal logic right. of how you would do things. Right. But I mean, realistically, in that kind of scenario, you would you wouldn't know what to do. You would go primal in instincts, fight or flight, and so I think it's really interesting how this season is, um, how it keeps going back to that emotional rationale versus the logical rationale, and I'm still waiting to see how that um, affects John by yeah, the end of the yeah, story. Exactly. Yeah, is he going to do the logical thing or the emotional thing? So. Well, ha has he ever been in a situation this whole s uh, uh, series where he was confronted with what is right and what? Yes. I'm. Mance I Raider. think maybe telling. Mance Raider, the wildlings versus the brothers. That's true. Yeah, even telling Sansa and Arya and Bran about who he, well, just Sansa and Arya about who he really is, is completely emotional, completely based on his familial instincts. Um but I think Even it's also the right thing to do because it's not just... I think that goes a step beyond family for me, though. I don't think mm. he just told just because they're his kin. I think he told them because of their positions in the world and they needed to have all the information to to act accordingly because you're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah. And everybody has seen how secrets have killed people, how Littlefinger has separated people, how... All of these things have been done to the Stark family because of fucking secrets. And he wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. So I, I think, think it is that. And yeah. I think it's also half of it being that he needs to tell his family who he really is. Yeah, I guess so too. That's, yeah. that's just what I what I got from it. But Yeah, that's yeah. that's another part of it as well. To relate to me and, and the person that I am. Now that I know it, I want to be... He's a very transparent dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whereas, you know, Danny is asking him to do the opposite thing of his nature. 
lie to yourself, you know? And he's even though and he's see, bent the knee, she wants yeah. him to literally just stop being who he is. And that is not something you can ask of Jon Snow or Stark. And that even that is like when she when she asked him to not say anything, you know, is even just that in itself is just so manipulative and, and it yeah. is and like you know Toxic. she's not she's not the the hero no i haven't seen danny as a hero for a long yeah. time by the way and this is what i was saying last <laughs> week is that you know we get to these points with this character yeah is that on one side we we do something and we cr- she does something and we cringe and then right after like in the, almost the next scene Something happens to her, and then we just we just on board again with Team Danny. Right, like it happened in this episode. It was like when she strafing the um the ships. Yeah. Um. So I, what I love with the show did the consequences of of everyone's actions, especially Danny's actions. Is we I loved what the guys did, but they tracked people on the ground trying to get into the gates. We didn't just sort of stay above it all. We didn't stay anonymous. We track with this woman and this child um, mm-hmm. as this battle goes on. And I absolutely loved it because they gave them, you know, distinctive role feature. The girl's carrying this white um, horse, which is very symbolic. And we stream in through the city. And then we're, we're on this. We go to this quick cut of Tyrion and John in the boat. And both of them are grumpy cat. Both of them are like. This is not going to go well. We've both had our run-ins with the queen. We're road, we're riding into um, a shit show. But yeah, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it was it was this scene. But first of all, Ramin Jawadi is the MVP of this episode, <laughs> hands down. Yes, he is. He blew me away this episode. But in this specific scene, he he uses a really sort of mangled version of um, John and Danny's love theme. Which I was, I've, I've been tracking this whole season because ever since I heard it in season one and they started playing the seeds of them um, becoming more opposed against each other, I wanted to see how he treated that. And it's really sort of deep in the cello and sort of mangled and it doesn't really finish out. It's just the first couple of notes. And I think it was interesting that he used that right before the calm before the storm. Ugh. It was just, it was master, masterfully done. It was so good. That dude, this whole there, episode, there, man. Yeah, there was. I, I noticed that it was that that theme, just that the first several notes, and then it went into the, and I don't know what the other theme is, but it, I associate it with the the unsullied and and um, you know when she's when she's marching the unsullied when da, she gets the unsullied, da, yeah, that, that one, kind of thing. yeah, yeah, and the the just the the way that they they play it is like at the top of the note, it's like. They're pressing. I don't know what 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 the bowing technique is, but they're pressing hard on their bow and they're gripping mm-hmm. into that string and they're just ripping at it. Yeah, and it's very it's yeah. a, it's a very visceral I wish I know. I wish I knew who the cello player was for this show. I have a couple of guesses, but I I don't know. I've been trying to find the credit for this cellist and I can't find it because I wish I could just be like they're absolutely amazing. But if anyone knows, let us know. Shout out. Let yeah. us know who the chill Chillist, you're amazing. Well, you know, and that there's that. And as you guys say this, you know, it's like, fuck your love. Fuck this relationship. We're out for revenge. Love is going to die today. Yeah. You and know? it could almost yeah. re- fear them. Represent fear. That, that 
that strain in their relationship. Oh, sure. You know? But I think fear mm. is fear is going to be ruining the day, man. Fear yeah. is riding herd on this some bitch. Um, and then we have Tyrion asking Davos for a favor as they as they pull up to the the beach there, just outside of uh, King's Landing. And we find out later that the favor is for um, Davos to set up a boat. He's always arranging. He's a travel agent uh, to besides staring <laughs> at people in battle. Uh, he he's still in the travel agency business, and he's asking um, Davos for a dinghy for Jamie and Cersei to get out later. So. Um, I found that to be again. I just when I found out that that's what he was arranging, I was like, "Oh, Tyrion, who got really naive all of a sudden? What the fuck?" <laughs> so, and then you have Arya and the Hound but, riding up on a northern. Go ahead. But even that, even bringing Davos involved now, like every one of her top rank generals and and advisors, yeah, are undermining her. Undermining yeah. Her. Because if she had even remotely heard that Tyrion was pulling this, that Davos had said yes, yeah. I mean, this there'd be more right bonfires after, on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, this is right after he she just told him that if he fucks up again, it'll be his last time. And again, this is this is what I'm saying. This this whole decision helps helps him ensure that one, the bells get rung, but also it's his love for Jamie. Yeah. That he helps him escape, that he because he he just wants him and Cersei to just get out of King's Landing and just go live a life off off in Pento. So, as I think about that too, you know, Danny is so lonely. Yeah, you know, all <laughs> the Lannisters are the most fucked up family on the planet, and they still are finding love for each other. Sansa has this great love for Theon and her brothers and her sisters. Her sister, she's getting to witness all this great love around her, and it's just turning her heart to stone. Because, yeah. you know, and when, and she doesn't even know how to love. I mean, I think she, she had a moment with it. I think she's felt great, intense love for Drogo. But it was brief. Everyone else works for her. So it's very lonely at the top. But I think after Drogo, she wasn't able. Because even with the whole Dario Naharis thing, when she broke oh, up, yeah. she's like, I, I, I didn't feel anything. Girls you are know? cold shit. I was a cold shit. Dario yeah, probably somewhere going, I told you, Jon Snow. Did you, did you talk to Jorah? <laughs> He's probably like, whoo, dodged bullet. <laughs> Dude, swipe left, swipe left. Uh, then Arya and uh, Hound run up to this northern soldier and like, yep, I'm just going to straight up go kill Cersei. Now, the funny thing about this show is that it had me right up until the very bitter end really believing this is what was going to happen. That Arya was going to get in there and pull off some magical shit. So I, I, don't, I don't mind at all that this show kind of baits you with it. But the funny thing, well, we have this whole funny moment. Tyrion's trying to speak High Valerian to the Unsullied soldier. <laughs> I drink to eat the Skull Keeper. I want to eat the Skull Keeper. And the guy's like, stop mangling my language. <laughs> we speak English, bro. And he gets in there to talk to Jamie. And now the tables have turned. And Tyrion gets a chance to return yeah. the favor to free Jamie, to save the people, to save their lives and man does he believe that some very naive shit but i found it to be very touching and very human no one's superhuman in this everyone is flawed as fuck the dragons are flawed everybody's got an achilles heel and everybody if you look for it has a soft spot except for the mountain and kyburn those two people are fucked up and beyond hope anyway so <laughs> but Tyrion, like this moment where he says to jamie you know you're the reason i survived my childhood 
You know, you didn't treat me like a monster. And when those two actors hug, I can, I really feel like it had to be Peter Dinklage who was just, who wept. Yeah. And I was like, you deserve every yeah. 20 Oscars, you Emmys you've ever, you know, earned. It was such a great moment. And that, and you know, that was the thing. It's like, you know, the, it, it really felt it more than just the scene. It felt like, you know, the ending of a working relationship. I mean, just, Looking at it from someone who you know works and how how people can you know really get on the same page, and you work with someone for eight years, and this is like, this is the last time you guys are going to be on screen together. Oh. You know, you know, just jumping ahead, spoilers and all that, but it's like you really feel that that connection with the two of them. All of these goodbyes, yeah, have meant something. To all of us, I believe. Because Tyrion, he says, why are you going back there? She's going to die today. Yeah. You know, try to... And, and he knows he's going to lose his family today. He's going to be the last one. Yeah. So, I mean, he's losing a lot, too. But he's... De- like like Varys, in his own way, he's doing everything he can to stave off this impending genocide. Yeah. He's doing everything he can because and he's also giving his brother a chance to to run. He knows she's he's he knows that Jamie's going to go straight for Cersei. So he's trying to give him hope. And I believe Jamie when he says I give my word that I'm going to take Cersei and get out of here. I, I they would have spent the rest of their lives on the run, who knows how long they would have lasted, but you see the hope in Jamie's face, you know, Tyrion can give this gift of hope back to him. Yeah. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. And you see that that's all that Jamie's ever wanted is just to be alone with his sister and maybe re-raise a family. I don't know. Maybe maybe only one of them will be another Joffrey. So, and he gives his word. And at this point, I just, I believe in Jamie. I totally believe that's what he was going to do. So, we have the shot of the bell tower. And I'm like, this does not feel good. I don't know how I was... Feeling about that bell tower. For me, when I saw the bell tower, I said, that bitch ain't going to ring. Because the last time we were we were having a, a, a scene around a bell tower, shit got blown up by wildfire. The Septa Beller yeah. went sky high, and folks got murderized by the bell. So I'm like, either it's going to get blowed up, or it's just yeah. never going to ring. <laughs> so then there's that fleet behind it, and I was just like, okay, what are you going to do, show? What's happening next? Yeah. <laughs> um. Because, I mean, before that point, we were just like, the, all the theories, we were just throwing back and forth. You and I were taking a break, and I was like, okay, what, I'm just, I got to stop doing this. I mean, I, don't, I think <laughs> if I ever start watching a show again, I got to remember this about Mr. Robot, that no matter, that my theories do nothing. They probably are just wasting my time, because they can be quite frustrating if you want them to happen a certain way, but... Yeah, this was a very tense moment, like the waiting for the Battle of Winterfell. I was like, oh, shit. Well, the thing is, it's like audiences have gotten smarter. So, I mean, if you yeah. really want to be good, and even Arya said that in the after after things, like audience, uh, uh, audience are too smart for Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, we know. Yeah. We know what's going to happen. So, writers, you got to be good. You got to be get better. That's right. Especially after this show. Wow. And so the fleet is getting ready, and uh, the citizens are running everywhere, willy-nilly trying to hide. And Arya and Hound just walk in the Capitol gates. Like, nobody's looking for them. Nobody's looking at wanted posters. Nobody's checking, you know, their iPhones for, like, wanted lists. And then Jamie bounces in, too. 
and then the Golden Company marches out. And I got to tell you, I thought the Golden Company was like a little bit more intimidating than these fools. These look like <laughs> yeah, we ransacked <laughs> the nearest inn and got a bunch of drunk fools. These don't look like even brawn caliber dudes. They just look no. like a bunch of like, what are yeah. we doing again? Yeah. You know? Also, I thought there were 25,000 of them. Right. Was that so, all of them? Well, it's like the Unsullied. I guess there's just cash. I mean, the the, the Dothraki, there's just caches of them maybe hidden somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> this, I thought all the Dothraki were gone, but turns out that's not true. They just got they just got a bunch of them just always in their back pocket. You know, here's 1,500 more, 1,500 more, 1,500. So the Golden Company marches out, and Strickland, the, you know you know this white boy is going to get his ass kicked, right? He just had that look like... It's an away game. Yeah, again, this is this is the thing. He doesn't look like like the general of the Golden Not Company. Not at yeah. all. He looks like he's an accountant. They got out of the Iron Bank and they gave him a horse yesterday, and he just learned how to ride. I was like, "What's happening?" Well, it's Cersei. Like, it's like the the Knight of Flowers, you know. Yes. It's like, him. it's like you've never been in a battle, son, but you you could play in the games. I feel like this is like the Tarly guys. You know, they just like to go hunting a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe not that good a soldier, but they look good in the saddle. So this he, he rolls up on this horse with like the horse. Young, young Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got the hairs. The horse has even got his hair done. Like, I'm ready for battle, everybody. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then you see the Unsullied, the Dothraki, and the Northern Army all lined up. And I love this because these motherfuckers have fought the dead. Yeah. For yeah. what turns out to be... Um, 10 weeks, 11 weeks, <laughs> you know. And so these, all these people are standing here going, did you fight the Battle of Winterfell, homeboy? How about you, vanilla soft serve cone over there? How about you, <laughs> pussy? You, what about you, girl? This is a soft little girl over here. Have any of you fought in the Battle of Winterfell? No? Oh, we finna kick your ass. Yeah. And I was just like, we would have heard about Winterfell too. So I was looking at you when this was happening, and I'm like, nobody's going to fight nothing here. I was half right. But. Yeah, if there was. Yeah, exactly. And then we cut to Cersei in her usual perch, and I'm like, are we getting tired of this scene? She's looking out at the city. She sees the Sept of Baylor. Look what I did. See, there's my handiwork. That's what I did last <laughs> time somebody fucked with me. I knocked down a church. She's got the yeah. Iron Fleet out there. I got the Iron Flea. I'm up here. I noticed she wasn't drinking any wine. So now I'm is the is the pregnancy on? Is the pregnancy off? I, what is happening with this baby? At this point, I don't I don't know what's going on with the baby, and we're never gonna find out. We're apparently. never gonna find out. But it's, know, right? is the baby just like appearing and reappearing? Is it like is it like ghost baby? What the fuck's was, with this baby? I was re-listening to the podcast we did last week in my car, and I was just laughing at hearing myself trying to piece together what <laughs> what happened. Like, what baby is the baby dead? Is the baby still right. there? We don't know. And apparently, this, in this world, you get John to hug you, or you get Kyburn to like I don't know pee on you i don't know how pregnancy <laughs> tests work in westeros as somebody oh, called which it's about to be called asbestos i thought that was pretty funny read it oh funny. god uh no this this shot of cersei overlooking the city it caught my attention so much only because of the uh the wooden partitions uh blocking most of her view and the show has done this before in the episode that cersei blew up the Sept of baylor 
when she's looking out over it, there are no participants. She's seeing everything. She's seeing the whole city. And then when you cut to Tom and you only see very similarly, like in this shot, you only, he only sees that one window that's completely focused mm. on the smoking septa Baylor and everything else is blocked out. So I'm wondering what exactly they're trying to say. If it's sort of to symbolize her, her just complete single mindedness or, or complete tenacity that she won't stand down no matter what. Wow. She's like, I can blow up a church. I can go up against the dragon. I don't know. Um, but I just, it, it looked very significant to me because they've done crazy. That, that stuff before. See, once again, you blow my mind with this kind of stuff. Cause I was like, should I be knowing something about this window? What did it say about the window last time? It was some deep shit. All I took away from this, is that this bitch has really got some self-confidence that people should study, man. She's just got some confidence, but overconfidence will get you every time because yeah. so now the gates finna close. And again, this is not a a goodwill messenger. Cause if you were trying to save everybody in the city, you would get, you would be letting them all in. They're like, Nope, that's enough people to like, yeah. you know, make the dragon queen give pause. We'll just stuff. Eh, we'll cut it off here. Fire marshal's saying we're at capacity. Fine. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Gates are closing. And so the hound and, and Aria shove past the woman and the little girl, our feature heroes, our feature background. And they, that then the, the, the feature background mother and child move to the side um, because if you know about these castles, there's not just the one entrance. There's always like the celebrity entrance. There's, you know, where the paparazzi be at. <laughs> you got to go the other side, the service entrance, the bread gate, whatever they're called. And then Jamie, too, gets shut out. He's waving around his golden hand like, hey, y'all, soldier, soldier. I'm like, these people ain't got time to, like, check no IDs, Jamie. Nobody can. The whole Lannister army is, like, gilded in gold. How are you fucking standing out? Anyway. <laughs> He's like behind the purple rope, just like yeah. VIP, VIP. They're like, bitch. <laughs> so, I felt so bad. I felt so bad for him. At did that you? Point. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, uh, it, you're, you're Jamie Lannister from, you know, this arrogant ass. He looks so pathetic right now. Yeah, he's killed a king. You know, yeah. He's done all these great deeds before he had his hand cut off, and it's just like, you ain't shit. So we have this shot of Cersei. Then we had the shot of Tyrion. I like how they blocked off these like hero shots mm -hmm. um, of the Lannisters, the lost Lannister, the defiant one, and then the hopeful one, right? And then you got these fleet of scorpions. And I have to tell you something about this. Now we talked about did Danny like sit with Grey Worm and bounce some ideas off about what she was gonna do, or does Danny come up with her own um, battle strategy? Because homegirl this time had learned. She puts the sun behind her so that... Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So that sex pirate... I just love Trey Crowder calling him sex pirate. So Euron has to like... They're all facing the wrong way. Because last last time we were screaming, she could have come from behind. Yeah. Viserion <laughs> played with... Play, you know, Rhaegal died. Oh my God. This time she's like, okay, copy that. Got it. Now we know how to dodge scorpion arrows, you know, bolts. We got all that. And yeah. so when she comes screaming in, she just, okay, here's where I'm going to have to just apologize for the rest of the podcast. I know that she went full dragon. I know she went full crazy. I know she went full targ. But can I just say how much I enjoyed this? I loved it. When she goes like crazy and nail the Iron Fleet, you know, the whatever they call them, that fleet now, the royal fleet. She kills, she does all that. 
And then she goes to the battlements and she's just like fucking yeah. Rakarasin all over the place. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I did too. I mean, I thought, I thought, and this is what we're talking about is I thought, you know, like you say, we, we get, we, we we're like, it's like a seesaw with her. You know, you, you something, and then something comes up and like, I'm totally on your team. The way you're taking out those uh, uh, scorpions, mm-hmm. the, the, the way you've learned how to, you know, Fly that thing so that they commit, dodge out of the way at the last minute, and then you just, you know, it's like, you know, counterpunching. She's a battle strategist. Exactly. She's a general. She's was running her brilliant. shit. And that's the thing is like, people are like, she's not just sitting on the dragon, like picking her teeth. It's, he's not an Uber. She's directing <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. She's flying a combat mission. This is- this is why I don't understand because some people were like, oh, it's so convenient that she wasn't hit once by the scorpion. I'm like, first of all, since when did everyone become expert military strategist? I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Twitter, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Second yeah. of all, you're totally right. She definitely planned that shit out. She she saw and learned from what happened with Rhaegoff. She goes in head on. They're going to have too much time to try to aim at her. She come from the sun. They don't know what hit them. Right. And she also knows how the scorpions work. She's she's first of all, she's had Braun shoot a scorpion uh, into Drogon's wing. Then she's lost her damn yes. dragon uh, uh, Viserion to fucking Night King who threw a spear. She goes, OK, spears suck. And this is how they get used. And then she straight up sees how Euron takes down yeah. Rhaegal. And she's like, she's going to be knowing about that. Yeah. She's not going to sit you at home tell and go. She knows, yeah. yeah, she knows how, how slow it is to reload them, how slow it is to turn them around, how fast they go at that. She knows she's figured it all yeah. out. And she's been yeah. sitting here not eating, not sleeping, plotting and thoughting her own time this entire time about yeah. what she's going to do and probably giving Grey Worm the heads up about this is what I'm going to do. So y'all need to be ready over here doing this shit because I am a one woman army for the longest time. She's the only one doing shit. Everybody else is just standing over there having a staring contest yeah. while Danny's just like, fuck that, fuck this, fuck that, fuck that. Her and Drogon are one. And mm-hmm. when they become one, and they, they, they go into battle. Targs and their dragons, I mean, they are both thinking on their feet or on their wings, whatever. So I'm sorry. I know I know she's turned Hitler on us. But, well, that's kind of, I shouldn't throw that word around. She's turned like super bad on us. But her in action, you know... So anyway, they hear these explosions. I love that everybody's sitting there, like looking, staring at each other. Because yeah. <laughs> the, the instruction is wait for me, right? Wait for the signal. Or wait, no. The first time is wait for me outside the gate. Yeah. And then with that last glance after the whole bells thing. Yeah. It's like wait for the signal. Right. And then you know you see Grey Worm's face is like, oh, mom's here. She's here to pick us up. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she's coming to the mall to pick us up. And then you just, I, I didn't expect the gate to explode. I did not expect any of uh, that. No. And when that gate got pushed in by Dragonfire, pushed out by Dragonfire, I'm like, oh, shit, that's coming from inside the house. Yeah. You know? <laughs> shit. Straight down the promenade, Boom. right outside the main gate. And, and Frat Boy gets knocked yeah. right off of his sassy white horse. And the horse is laying over there in its back like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened, girl? <laughs> what is happening? And like, you know, this, these cell swords who are playing the away game, you know, just got recruited on the team, hadn't really maybe worked together before, or maybe they had some easier battles. They hadn't been in this battle. They're like, oh, snap. They get all blown to shit. Strickland's dehorsed. 
And then he's like, oh, fuck. He's just going to turn around and do a 180. I don't know. You're running toward the thing that just exploded, the big hole where the gate used to be. And then, <laughs> pa-pow, right through his chest, you know, frat boy gets speared. And that's just Grey Worm going, yeah. oh, no, it's medieval lemonade time. <laughs> I am going crazy on this I motherfucker. Thought, I really thought what was going to happen was one of the uh, the riders going to come with their with their sword and just floop. Yeah, but I think we had to give this death to to, to Grey Worm, who's like, who's up close and personal with yeah. that spear work. He's just yeah. like, mm. you know, I don't care if, if I live or die. He was he was on a mission. He did, I I ain't got nothing to live for. My girlfriend's dead. My queen's pissed off. And I did not come this far to sit down and have conversations with motherfuckers. No. We're through talking about anything. So then to see the armies plowing through the streets, I am like, still, I'm still in it. I am living for this. I'm living for the smirk, fitting to get wiped off of Cersei's face. Yep. She's been up in that tower, smirking yep. with her pink nude lipstick looks. For a lot of long minutes, sipping her wine, and now like seeing her kind of like get a little bit rattled when she sees that dragon flying over her fucking city. Yeah, and then here's Tyrion walking through the carnage. Can somebody explain to me why Tyrion's just walking through the battlefield? What's he looking for? He's like Davos. He just kind of stares. I think it's like, <laughs> how do y'all survive? Yeah. <laughs> So he wanted to get a better a better view of the bells. So Kyburn is trying to as gently as he can explain to Cersei that shit be <laughs> fucked. Yeah. I don't know if you can see. I don't know your if grace, you have eyes in your head, your grace. I know that the window's not completely opened <laughs> all the way. <laughs> but shit be fucked. And she's just like, oh no, I, you know, well, we just need one shot. And he's like, ah. I was just too, I was just too distracted by Kyburn wearing an undershirt. He got the note. Like, <laughs> I think he got the note. All, he heard all of us, and they put him in an undershirt. Uh, and then it's like, well, he just needs one shot. Well, the Iron Fleet's on fire. All the Your scorpions are, are destroyed. Well, and then all the yeah, yeah and all the scorpions yeah. are destroyed. And she's like, oh shit. And she's probably thinking this would not have happened if I got those elephants. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, the Lannister army will fight better than the Golden Company, you know? Uh, yeah, that was that was just a... that was an... The Lannister army... <laughs> Lannister army episode, ain't shit. Yeah. They were shit. Yeah. They were I absolute mean, shit. They, they got, did nothing. They got... This is the second time they got jacked. They got jacked over there at the loot train. Remember that? Yeah. So yeah. they had already. Yeah. How have y'all lasted this long? Like the people in Flea Bottom are like, I could have kicked day ass. The fuck? Yeah. You know, shame, was... bitch, with the with the bell could have beat half of these motherfuckers <laughs> to death. So you were so, saying when you were watching this last night, the shot of like it's John Grey Worm and Davos reminded you of the ice generals walking into the God's Wood. And when I was watching it the second or third time. Yeah. When they when they were coming through the gates. You know, the way they were just formed, it just reminded me of, of, of the generals um, coming into Winterfell yeah. through that red haze. Remember that? Yeah. The fire with the spears up. It was just, you know. It was badass. And you're thinking, these are supposed to be our heroes, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. The Tyrion, this, uh, of these iconic shots, the, 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 the series has always been full of iconic shots, but this one in particular was just some beautiful shots. Uh, Tyrion walking into those broken gates of... of King's Landing, 
You know, just kind of like, this is the hell hath wrought. And you know that Varys' ghost is just up above him going, mm-hmm. Told you. He had his, he had his hands in his sleeves like he, is, like he does. Yeah. Like, I told mm-hmm. you. And we can't forget everything underpinning this scene is just like a really weird and mingled version of Light of the Seven. That's true. Yeah. And when I first heard that, because I was like, in the beginning of the episode when I saw Cersei, I was like, Come on, Ramin. Just, just give me a little bit of light of the seven. Just a little bit. I just need a little bit. And he gave me a lot more. But wow. when it starts creeping in, and this music that's been so closely associated to Cersei and her machinations and her political moves, to see it all falling apart in front of her. I mean, I think the moment she leaves the window, when she leaves that seat of power that she feels like she's invincible, is the moment that she's no longer the queen. Right. And so the music that got her to to that throne is the same music that's taking her out. And I'm just like, oh, this wow. Is, uh, this when is your so when your great. exit song is the same as your entrance song, it's like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. But nevertheless, Jamie's trying to make his way to Cersei. And then you see Drogon flying over the city. Now, again, I want to go back to that, you know, Brand's vision. How many seasons ago was that? Two or three? When he first becomes the three-eyed raven or when he's in there like fiddling with sticks in the cave. I just love how you describe it. <laughs> it just sounds so naughty. Uh, before he gets the baton handed over, he sees, isn't that when he sees that vision Is of that the dragon that, wings? I don't remember where it was, but I remember that image of the 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 the. The, the, the shadow of the dragon the over, rooftops, yeah, King's Landing. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? I mean, we <laughs> knew that Danny was going to make it to King's Landing, but... Wow. So Bran saw this coming. Again, utterly unhelpful and told <laughs> no one. Um, and then the Lannister army is sitting here standing down again with a bunch of guys who are like, did you guys fight in Winterfell? Did you fight in Winterfell? We're at Hardhome, possibly. At Hardhome? Um, yeah. Battle did you, of the Bastards? What about Bob? We're at Bob? No? Okay. We're about to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. None of your uniform. All your uniforms are brand new. I mean, you got wine stains on them at best. We're about to kick your ass in these narrow streets. Your narrow asses in these narrow streets. And they were just like, <laughs> rightly so, dropping their swords on the ground. I'm like, I'd same. I would have done the same. I'd been shitting yeah. in my pants. And then the people, the people. Jamie has, Jamie's not thinking about ringing a bell. I think he just gets rattled. Maybe he can't get to it. His one sole focus is Cersei. So the people in the streets are like, somebody ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ring the damn bell. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Maybe he's handed that off to someone. <laughs> Maybe he's passed on like, I'm not going to do this, but can you just make sure that they ring the bells because uh, that dragon lady is just going to fuck it all up. So every, well, Tyrion, it's, it's the Tyrion people. says, you know, when the people feel like the, the city has fallen, they will ring the bell in surrender. Oh, they do. So that's the thing that's, that they so do. I think that is like yeah. the that is like standard protocol of, you know, war. I mean, what is the rules of engagement? Right. When you hear the bell ring and the people initiated that. That's uncle. Yeah. That's Not like, your uncle particularly, <laughs> but somebody's uncle. Cool. Okay. So everybody's calling for these bells and you have Danny sitting atop Drogon he's landed up on a parapet and she's up there just like seething and just trying to just the war is raging in her mind in her little tiny body and then you see you know she sees the red keep out there in the distance and Cersei's looking everybody's eyeballing it and then we hear the bells ring and Cersei looks relieved as shit does she not yeah. 
She does. And Danny has that look like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, I don't know what was in her mind, but the Targaryens built the Red Keep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where her parents were murdered. That's yeah. where... You know, they were, the Mad King was dethroned. And she's just sitting there going, you know, I hear your damn bells, but uh, fuck that. Now, I'm not saying I sat here and watched the rest of this episode clapping like, oh, kill the normal people. Yes. I just, I totally, if I'm putting my mind in the mindset of Danny, having watched her since the pilot I this is totally within her character. This is not a surprise to no, me. This is totally so, yeah. yeah. All right, we're into it. Okay, so first of all, go. I want to say I just want to say I think Amelia Clark played this moment so well. I yeah. feel like anytime you can read the emotions on an actor's face with them not saying anything, then you know they're worth their shit. Right. Second of all, I I I was like on the edge of my seat waiting to see what she was going to do. And in the moment, I was like why and why the fuck? What the fuck and why the fuck? And the more you think about it, a lot of people unfortunately don't get to this step, but the more you think about it and her character arc, this is not how she wanted to win. She wanted to win through fire and blood. And she didn't get enough fire and she didn't get enough blood. Logic, logic at that point is completely thrown out the window. If, you, if she sort of racks up all the losses not counting Viserion. Everything leads back to Cersei. If Cersei sent her troops like she promised, maybe Jorah would still be alive. If Cersei didn't have the Iron Fleet, maybe Rhaegal would still be alive. If Cersei didn't capture Masande, Masande would probably be still alive. So she sees the Red Keep. She knows Cersei is there. And not only does she want to kill Cersei, she wants Cersei to witness her completely demolishing her town at that point she's not even thinking about the people there yeah she's she wants cersei to watch her burn down the city that she claims to be the queen of and everything that led up to this moment i feel like is was just so perfectly put in place i don't know why people are throwing around the term character assassination again i feel like it's built into a lot of the a lot of the theories people have built up and a lot of the ways they feel about certain characters when it doesn't go their way they're not sure how to react so they kind of just react in a way that that is negative towards the show at least that's my assumption of it i feel like there are people that i think like us have our own theories but are completely subservient to to what the show does at, at the end of the day so i feel like this was such a great Moment, and I'm I'm wondering if it's maybe because I watched the show in such a compact amount of time, but I oh I just always saw this as an option for Danny, right? You know, she says our mercy is not our weakness. She's she's not only reaping her revenge, she's wiping the slate clean. I totally That's see that thing. as well. I th- I see when she gives the future generation speech. I think she believes it. These people have been tainted by the Lannisters. They've been tainted by Baratheon. They've been tainted. Mm-hmm. They've been tainted by the Mad King. Yeah. You know, I'm not my father. Ironically making the point 
while burning the city down. We're going to start, and I don't think she has intention. People are talking about sitting on the Iron Throne and another's posters and everybody's sitting on the Iron Throne. The throne is a symbol. The throne is not literally a, a thing that people, a tchotchke that I think Danny wants. I don't think she gives a shit about that. She's going to melt the throne down. All those swords that went into making that cruel position of tyrants who sat upon that throne need to be melted down. Yeah. I'm going to tear this place apart. This is how, and I'm going to make She's Cersei watch. Otherwise, she would have just zoomed up there on Drogon, set Cersei on fire, and the mountain and Kyburn said, fuck all y'all, and I'm yeah. piecing out. No, she exactly. was like, let me just show you what happens when you let tyranny rule for so long. So in Danny's mm-hmm. mind, if I'm defending Danny, and I know that sounds crazy, this makes total sense to her. She's like, okay, you guys want to like love up on John. You want to love upon a guy who's great at bending knees and great at doing all these little cool things. And you're all like, cool story, bro. He can ride a dragon. You don't understand what it is to rule as long as I have. To set people free to do the right thing. And this is such a cesspool of bullshit down here. I'm going to reset. Yeah, she's killing children. She's killing kids. Well, she's she's doing exactly what Bronn said. Yeah. How, how do people? I mean, you kill a couple hundred, they make you a whatever, a lord. Yeah. Kill a couple thousand, they yes. make you a king. They make you a king, and you exactly. take it like everybody else has taken it. They took it from the Mad King. Yeah. They stole yeah. it from so Baratheon. I, I really, I just, I'm, I'm trying to r- wrap my head around why, why people are just like throwing around the their you know like the writing is lazy i mean like like you guys could do better but <laughs> yeah i can't but wait I just, for their shows to come out you guys let me know when your show's premiering yeah, on yeah, yeah. voodoo or where are your shows i'm it's sorry voodoo, youtube yeah. the one you shot in your back yeah i'll watch the, yeah. your backyard uh game of thrones uh i can do it better i'm, I'm just here this for is, it I'll watch this, it. it's just it's i mean the people saying that is again lazy and i know it's just for for the the likes and the retweets because they always have the hashtag in the tweet um, but li- listen, I just l- think what you think about, about this, this character moment. I think it makes complete sense. Yeah. I always saw this as an option for Danny and the show has always saw it as an option yeah. for Danny and they've been planting that seed, yeah. not since last season, but it's literally since the beginning, since the pilot since and the it's, beginning. Yeah, and it's since not the pilot. <laughs> it's not even, you know, this is not even solely, you know, for Danny's character, every single character has this moral fluidity to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And this is yes. as this people is part, do. Yes, yeah, this is part of the show. This is part of the yeah. whole crux and of And I feel like some some people don't show. know how to how to how to interpret that because a lot of the of our stories that we have today, good versus evil, you know, yeah. bad versus good, right or wrong. There there's so much that is just gray in this episode. See, and they talk about it in the yeah. inside the episode. Yeah. It's like the good guys become the bad guys and the bad guys become the good guys. Yeah, you're hitting me where it I just live here. It depends too. on your point of view. It depends yeah. on the perspective of the story. Everybody thinks that, you know, there's a lot of people who believe that Donald Trump is doing the absolute right thing and and more and, and ridding this world of of all of the bad guys, the villains, you know, the wasteoids and the homosexuals and all the brown people, all the, you know, all the not us, you know, they, they believe that he is brought here by God. There are people who believe inherently that he is God sent. And then there's those of us on the other side are going, what the actual fuck are you talking about? This is not exactly. even a practical yeah. plan. Hitler had a better plan. And look what happened to that dude. 
Like, what are you talking about? It totally depends on, and again, this is kind of where I embrace story and, and understand it, where it is, everything is morally gray. And depending on who you are, depending on whose truth it is, I'm not saying Danny's right. And I'm not even defending her, her actions. I'm saying for right. Danny within her character, this has always made sense. This is where she was heading. If Cersei had bent the knee, no problem. If she had gotten the respect that she rode in that dragon pit, it was like, look at her like Beyonce exit. No, 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 no. That was a very troubling entrance. I loved it. But she was like, I need everybody in this dragon pit to be reminded that where you chose yep. this, Cersei, your people enslaved our people. Our dragons were enslaved in this fucking place. I even did it mm -hmm. to my own dragons. You are all going to bow down before this is over. All of you. Yeah. And I demand it because she's been raised up by Varys, by Illyrio, by her brother, by Lore, by Cannon, by everybody's waiting for you to return, my lady. And she gets there and the story's not true. So her entire exactly. life has been based exactly. on this bullshit. And she's like, you know what? You're going to, before it's over, you may not love me, but by God, you're going to fear me. And we're going to do things my way. And the world is going to be a much better place. Just you wait and see. Now stay still while I burn down yeah. you, your daddy, yeah. your grandma, your goat, your cat, your kitten, <laughs> and everything in your house. And oh, I your mean, children. To, and you, exactly, become, the, you her. become the tyrant. Yeah. You become that. You know? Exactly. To her, the, there is. it is not a coincidence that she she is where she is now she she thinks that this is this is her destiny yeah and so i just i just really need to be people to be careful <laughs> and just think about it a little bit i mean like the more the more and more that this comes along and i'm almost relieved that next week is the last episode so i can just stop just cleanse my timeline of the twitter bullshit yes um but I swear, y'all are y'all are becoming like the Star Wars fandom, and I'm not here for that. So no. I, we already got one Star Wars fandom. We don't need another one for That's real. Right. That yeah. is right. for real. So I got to tell you, like you you we've been in this for years, and so it was that first probably two or three seasons. And again, when I used to write about Game of Thrones for pop culture outlets and stuff like that, I mean, you would see the infighting, and it was pretty gross and fierce. And and these reactions, I've heard these so many times over. Show stupid, shows lazy, blah, blah, blah. It's the same. It's not even anything new. The insults are not in anything new. It's always yeah. been lazy writing and you missed this and why did you do it this way and we know better and man, this feels rushed. Like a multi, a one episode alone I think I heard was like a hundred million dollars or this whole season was a hundred million dollars. You don't get money like that and sit around and go, you know what? First draft seems good. Let's do that. You know, you, is everybody yeah, working on Tuesday? Really, well, I got yeah, a ball game on Tuesday. Let's just try to get this all done. Wednesday on we good what the fuck are you guys talking about yeah, yeah so, do people really think D&D &D are just like typing up the scripts on their phone like yeah. while they're driving like no no <laughs> no you don't you don't have like 10 years of build-up and and you know the the fame that you have just to just completely shit even if even if they're ready to do new things they're gonna want to pay service to what to the story that they've been telling for so long sure so everyone needs to stop thinking they can write a show like Game of Thrones yeah. and just enjoy. Can we just enjoy it? Can we just enjoy it? So yeah. that's what I'm saying is I don't I, even I hear. I don't welcome, even hear it. I don't go on Twitter. I welcome criticism. I don't hear the lazy writing. I don't. I don't. No. I'm not listening to y'all. I that to uh, me that to me is not an actual critique. That's just y'all being like. 
Yeah. I'm here for the comedy. My my habits are I look at Dim Thrones, hashtag, hashtag Dim Thrones, because that's the funniest hashtag on Twitter about Game of Thrones. I'm totally over fanboy hot takes with the, in the glasses pushed up going, let me just explain to you what yeah, just the save it, save Baylor, it for your video Magon, blo- I just don't yeah. listen to that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard it so many seasons. And again, I think you, you, this is what you've missed out on all these years. Thank God you're only getting it in this last season. I'm glad. I'm, <laughs> I would not have been right? able. But then, then there's, a, then I, we, I watched Gay of Thrones with Jonathan Van S on Funny or Die. And then we watched Trey Crowder. And he's hilarious. And then we watch Leslie Jones. That's like because everybody's keeping it light and nobody's taking no. it seriously. Nobody's like, although Leslie did get pretty uh, torqued. <laughs> <She laughs> Danny, man, my girl's gone mad. And then she was worried about Arya. So, and then the actor who plays um, Euron. Oh, she fucking oh, hates him. Man. She said, if I ever see you in an event, man, <laughs> don't, don't even come, come up to me. Up to me. I will smack you in the face. <laughs> now I, and he's, you know, this guy is just going to make a beeline for her and make sure that they, you know. <laughs> Kiss and hug. Danny also saw this coming, guys. She saw this in the House of Undying. Mm-hmm. She saw her future coming. It's not like anybody didn't know this was happening. I don't know what show people watch. There's a couple of people I talk to afterwards that I tend to see every week, and, and they're just in our daily course of business, and they have some of the craziest notions about what they're seeing, and I'm like, what? Now, I thought... I thought a bunch of other stuff. I'll get to what I thought was going to happen. So that, let's go back to the street. So Sansa is, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, so we, in the House of the Undying, there's that snow falling, or is it ash, when Danny's walking, you know, through all of those visions because yeah. she's at the mm-hmm. wall and she's in the throne room. Is it ash? Is it snow? I still feel like, you know, we're not over yet. I feel like Sansa is back in Winterfell. I feel like that's where Arya is going. Maybe she isn't. I don't know where Arya is going, but I feel like that winter is coming thing are the Starks. I feel like they are the embodiment. I we love thought that. it was. We thought it was the Night King. I feel like winter is coming for Danny because this is the song of fire and ice. I love that a lot. <laughs> right. So I feel like Sansa, Arya, and John are the winter that's coming. I don't know how it's going to play out. I couldn't even predict, but I was just like, "Ooh, maybe that's what that is." So yeah. Davos is trying to save people. Yeah. The Unsullied are going straight up nuts. The Northmen are going nuts. The Northmen are committing, you know, acts of like, I guess they don't have the Geneva Convention up in this motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> so, and John is just trying to like make sense of this. You know, it's like, it's everybody's like battle crazed. And he mm-hmm. has to kill one of his own Northmen who's trying to rape a girl. Um, yeah. There was a cameo in this. Who was it? It was Aaron Rodgers. He plays a, uh, a, was he a Stark man? He was like, he I, I kills a girl? So, I think so. Or maybe he was a, a, you know, I don't know who he, I don't know if he was the guy who kill, who who kills the girl or, or if he was just someone else in the background. Right. I didn't catch, you know, who he played. But so here's the thing is like, John is down here in the middle of this carnage saying there's no rules anymore. And, and Danny, is Danny, how does Drogon not... No, I mean know who's who exactly. on the ground. You can't. This is this is exactly what I'm what I'm saying. She does not care about who's down there. She cares yeah. about making sure Cersei is seeing what she's doing. Right. That's totally personal. It is totally personal. You know, she's going after Cersei, and, yeah. and after everyone who is. I mean, it feels like she's taking eight seasons of every, every bad thing that's happened to her. Yeah. And she's pouring her anger into yeah. King's and Landing. This is, this is what you, I, I what, felt you that know. way though. I've had some jobs and some bosses and some bad days. <laughs> like, I'm just like, 
Mm-hmm. Well, this is what you were talking about, Ian, is like the seesaw effect you're watching because on the on like one end, you're like really psyched to see, you know, like Danny like bringing down King's Landing and bringing down the Red Keep. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then the show switches from that point of view to the people like on the ground. Yeah. And like people are like charred and like, you know, dismembered and like they're getting raped. And you're just like, wait, <laughs> um, this is actually really, really bad. War. Because uh, they're innocents after all. Yeah. So, again, it's like, it's the whole good and evil thing. There's there's no such thing as a sp- at this point. And yeah. after this, there's nothing that Danny's ever going to be able to say to John to justify what she did. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. This is the last straw for him. I mean, this if we thought straw. that they were, like, having problems before, I mean, he's fucking done, though. I don't think that... Uh, there's no love. There's There ain't no vagina strong enough you know, to have a man like John go, well, you know, she had her reasons. No, no, no. He's no, seeing yeah. this shit firsthand. And we had, we had the, we had the cutting glances between John and Davos mm. down there in the mess. Yeah, and, and then, he, they're and, going and, and this Tyrion. shit right here. Yeah, Tyrion, and John Tyrion is seeing what's going on. Arya's down there the, going and, this yeah. month. Okay, we're gonna get to Arya in a minute, but let's go to Dane Bowl. I didn't know that they were calling it this. I, I realized now that uh, is it Pilau. I want to say his name is Pilau and um, Nikolaj are the two Danes on the show. And they have this big fight, you know, in the bowels. Jamie's got, you know, he passes the dinghy. He's making it in, you know, the way he's going to get to Cersei. And here's Euron just walking up out of the sea, just hell bent on slinging one liners and killing <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. Say what you will yeah. about this dude. I know everybody's hating on Euron, but I have enjoyed him so much. No, I have enjoyed him. Yeah, he I first think the of all done great work. With, with he just character. knows how to wear leather. He just yeah. rocks that leather. He looks yeah. like you know a real road weary Ewan McGregor, ready to just get down. And he's just always got like he's like the polar opposite of torment, you know. He's the King's Landing version of Tormund. He's just, whatever's going on, he's like, yeah, like nothing gets to this guy. This because is, he's this insane. Is, yeah. This is what I call the Game of Thrones effect is that everyone is 10 times more attractive when they're not playing their characters. Right. <laughs> in the show. Because when you like, see the guy him, he's like Ramsey Bolton yeah. is like actually really attractive. But when he's playing Ramsey, yeah. it's, you're completely grossed out and disgusted the same way you are with Euron. Yeah, <laughs> dude is so like awesome, and he's hilarious on yeah. Instagram. If you're not His following Instagram on Instagram, is he is just gleeful. He's like, I killed a dragon. He's like, I had to call my <laughs> wife and say, I killed the dragon today. I hope she didn't, you know, I hope they both had to sign that NDA. Um, so then, you know, th- this is going on with Euron and Jamie, and you're just thinking, okay, I, I, I really thought this is what's going to happen, that... Arya was going to pop up somewhere, kill Euron, turn around, kill Jamie for, you know, the Red Wedding. Yeah. Right? Steal his face. So we're, we're thinking Jamie got away with it. We don't say so this all happens off camera. Jamie goes to Cersei. They go to kiss. And it's like, aha! Because she's got, you know, Cersei's got the green eyes. And I thought that's what the show's going to do. Show said, nope, we're just going to have these two have a sloppy, messy... <laughs> awkward non-cool fight in the sand with Euron sinking in his dagger in two Both very sides. serious ways yeah he skewers him on either end yeah. and then jamie's like i don't have time for your shit 
I'm going to go see my sister before it's over. And then he runs him through with crazy man laying there going, I killed Jamie Lannister. Like, just so happy that, you know, he's it's on his to-do list and he's just checked it off and he's just laying there. You got to love this guy. I mean, he just, he commits. So, um, then Kyburn's up there with Cersei and Cersei sees that this is, this has gone sideways, literally. Like, Drogon is blowing pieces of the red cape sideways, and he tells her to go to Mager's Holdfast. I'll leave that up to you to go look it up. There's a history behind Mager's Holdfast, uh, and there's something fascinating about, like, it's not a good sign that he uh, suggested that, but it, was, it also sort of tells you where Kyburn's mind is. He knows what's up. Um... Now the city's on fire to the degree that Danny has just gone and strafed the city. We love that word, don't we? It just really, <laughs> it says what it does. And now the wildfire caches the are caches going are up. The caches are starting to go up. So you're seeing all of yeah. this shit around the city, and it's like, you can play with wildfire, yeah. Cersei. Oh, I can play with wildfire, too. So This is a really nice touch. Yeah. Really played into that Mad Queen thing. I loved it. It's like Mad Queen versus Mad Queen. You thought you were crazy, bitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm a Tigerian. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's like you try to get a, a fight with a, a bitch on the stoop, you know, and somebody, everybody's taking their earrings off and their rings and stuff, and then some bitch just brings out a chainsaw and takes off her head. And you're like, okay, that's a whole other level of crazy, crazy, you know. And a smart person would run, and thank God, you know, Cersei, like, starts to be like, okay, maybe I, uh, maybe I should get the fuck up out of here. Um... We know that the Red Keep is not long for this world. And you see Sander and, uh, and Arya enter the map room. Again, that poor dude who had to, he painstakingly painted the floor of the map room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still, this entire time, I'm like, why is she there? Is she not, she's supposed to be below, like putting on Jamie's face. She's only got seconds to cut his face <laughs> off. You know, what's <laughs> happening? Because, um, you know, can she cosplay as a dude? I don't know how the faceless men work. So I'm not really quite sure. I think she's only played women so far, so I'm not sure. Well, I mean, she, no, she, she played Walder. Walder oh, she did play Walder. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Forgive me. That was a big miss. So, okay, I'm like thinking, why is she here with Sander? And then they have this moment, and he tells her to leave. And I'm like, oh, what? And I loved it. I love that he holds her head in I his hand. Like this, I, I don't know how if, if that's really like the scale. He's a big dude. But his hand is like around her head like it was a grapefruit. It was like uh, he could either squish <laughs> it. It's like, dude, it's a big dude. But I feel like Arya is the only person that Sandor has ever really loved. I really yeah. feel like that. I I love the moment between them and I and I love that they had that connection that he ultimately got her to sort of abandon her plan. But I was I was just expecting more either resistance on Arya's part to abandon her plan to kill Cersei or something completely insurmountable for her to give up. I mean, it would be... It's kind of like they were trying to figure out ways to make sure that Cersei and Jaime dying together was the end game and they couldn't have Arya kill Cersei. Yeah. So... And I'm wondering if, if this could have happened when they're not actually in the Red Keep. If this happened, like, if they got shut out at the gates or, like, they couldn't get into the Red Keep somehow... I would buy it a little more, but the fact that she's in the same building as Cersei at this point, it's kind of like, I don't know. Well, the way the show justifies it is that she gets all the way to the center. And the way I took this moment after watching it a couple of times is that I think that Sandor is, is like, if I'm telling you to leave, it's fucked. You know, 
Yeah. And I'm telling you, yeah. girl, yeah. get out of here. It's like, but like, I thought, but I thought at that point Arya was like ready to die. Yeah, me too. But Cersei. I don't feel like that's. I, I don't know. Th- I, I think yeah, she yeah. was. She's ready. She's like right there, ready to do that. And when when Sandor looks at her and says, "Look at me." Yeah. Do you want to be like do this? Want to be like this? I like. I like that. It. it we're we're giving some humanity back to Arya. Yeah. And we're pulling her away from the edge because I don't know what's going to happen to her. But it's like we're. This Again, character our, that we yeah. love so much, and we like we love when she's like a brutal killer, but at the same time, it's like we don't want you to be, go over the edge and become what we just saw Danny become. And again, another reason I love this episode is that Danny, we've seen her as this savior character. If you were see, if you were reading her that way, I wasn't. But a lot of people are like she's a sa- she can do no wrong. She always yeah. does the right thing. She's had these great hero moments. You know, Arya's had these great hero moments. It, she's yeah. murdered Walder Frey, and then we see them completely like get yanked sideways and doubt themselves and do the wrong things and overstep and fuck up. And I think she gets in there and she's like, wait, I'm, I'm in over my head in this one, aren't I? He was on my list at one point and now he, this dude is telling me, get the fuck up out of here. And she sees it in his eyes. Yeah. He's the only one who could have talked her out of this. Yeah, and he so. does. Yeah. And I love this moment where she goes, Sander, thank you. Yeah. And, and it's like, like, again, you know, when to start, thanks you. Yeah. You know, shit's about to go sideways. And I think it was Ram like, thanked Theon at the gym. It was the only time that uh, that I can recall when someone was talking to Sandor Kuglain, mentioned, called him by his name. It's yeah. always been yeah. you're a do- yeah. the dog or the hound, yeah, or you know this or that. And and she has that moment with him the way Sansa has that moment with him up there at, at Winterfell before they leave. Yeah, you know, it's like I really like his evolution his arc his Me character too. arc is, is yes you know yeah but you know he's hell-bent on fulfilling his purpose so his whole life <laughs> he has this has been his you know his sole purpose when i wrote um about game of thrones i think that one of the producers who didn't wasn't a game of thrones person at all just a guy who came from vice every fucking week he go clegg and bowl clegg i'm like we were in season six he goes clegg and bowl clegg and bowl clegg and bowl Click and bowl. I'm like, did you just read like the one passage about these two brothers fighting and that's all you can say to me every week? I'm like, bro, it's like really far away. It's gonna be last season. Well, click and bowl, click and bowl. I'm like, seriously, dude, read one of the books, just any one of the books and stop saying this to me. But when it finally came here, I think the showrunners, D&D finally said it. You know, we don't, we are not a fan service show. We don't play into everything you guys want to do. We're not running the show by committee. We had a vision. We execute upon that. But everybody, even we wanted they this wanted shit. They wanted to see that, yeah. yeah. They, they so, saw this happening. Yeah. So this, this stairway fight. First of all, you've got Cersei Kyburn, the Kingsguard <laughs> yeah. mountain, coming down this big grand staircase. And... You know, half of them get fall away because the dragon's like, fuck this and fuck that. So the stairway is now going to nowhere. And then you see and you see the mountain shield Cersei from the falling, you know, rock and stuff. And then there's Hound on the steps. And it's like, hello, big brother. Yeah. And it's it's a thing of beauty because they hate each other so much that vows fuck the queen Fuck dragons, fuck masonry falling, fuck everybody. Fuck the dark, creepy, undershirt-wearing, finally, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, obey your queen. Like, you know, Sir, Sir Gregor, do not leave me. And he gives her a look like, bitch, I am through taking orders from you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. 
throws Kyburn over there like the old Navy mannequin <laughs> that he is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Thanks for wearing an undershirt. Bye, bitch. <laughs> and it's like, then everybody's made this uh, much of this moment. Uh, Trey Crowder did a homage to it. The first time I saw something was this morning at 2 a.m. on Reddit where <laughs> the brothers are squaring off. Now Cersei has no Kingsguard because, by the way, you know, Sanders just sliced through her, the rest of her Kingsguard. Like, yeah, you know, the, last four of the them. Queensguard is all dead. And it's just the three of them on the stairways. She's just sort of standing there like, I'm going to squeeze by, okay? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna... Excuse me. I'm just going to just gonna, just gonna squeeze <laughs> by gonna, here. Just, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to leave you guys to it. Okay. Like, so she's <laughs> squeezing. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> hilarious moment. And then, of course, we hear about, like, how – these two actors, how many weeks did they shoot this thing? I don't know what they were <sighs> Oh, saying. I forgot. Several weeks they shoot this, this fight scene on the staircase with the crew trying to yeah, maneuver find a around way to it. Shoot in the staircase, yeah. yeah. And it was glorious because the sky is, you can see the sky because the tower's been ripped away. You see the dragon, you see the fire, you see just hellfire raining down. And these two boys are just like, yerp. Yeah. The first thing I thought is like if they ever like re- release like a sort of like concept art book for Game of Thrones, that oh is God. a that is a shot. Like definitely, that's like a concept artwork thing. It was gorgeous. I couldn't even. I was so riveted to the fight. Do we know what the music was? Was it just something specific for the scene? I don't. I was. <laughs> I was not know. even I'll watch it again and see. So what I loved about this scene, though, and I thought it was genius to intercut. Arya making her way away from now the center point of the Red Keep, trying to get out of King's Landing, intercut with the Clagan Bowl. Yeah, that I would have never expected, um, but I thought that yeah. was beautifully done. And uh, we we talked about this. You said it last night, and I was thinking it when you said it. Ian is that she looks exactly like Ned. She's got the hair swooped back. She's wearing you she know like young Ned, the yeah. Stark leathers or even older Ned. Yeah, and she's she's trying to get through King, get out of King's Landing. The last time she got out of King's Landing, she was a kid, and Thorin was sneaking her out, you know, at uh, at the behest of her father. So now she's just trying to get the fuck up out of here, just with her life. And we're witnessing what's happening to the people of King's Landing. Um, through Arya's eyes, and rightly so, the showrunners are saying, you know, we're we're with this character because we care about Arya so much. Uh, yeah. We're also getting to see the fates of the people even more so. Right, and this isn't completely how you combat the uh, the battle fatigue that you can run into if it's just nonstop fire and explosions, and you don't know what's going on. Is that if you have that through line to like stick with it? It's the same thing with the mother and the child, like just something to to hold on to as you're watching this. I think it was beautifully done. Yes. I loved it. I and and again this the the Clagan Bowl or Clagane Bowl really if you want to people call it Clagan Bowl, but Clagane Bowl was was interesting because it was also funny. Like, you know, Hound finally gets a look at his bro who's been zombified by uh Kyburn and he's like, Oh, there you are. Now you look, you know, basically you look more fucked up than me. And then he's like stabbing him and, you know, running things through him. And he's like, what the hell? How does this work? What are you? <laughs> like, die. And he's just stabbing him all over. And, you know, and, and, and Gregor's like, hey, right? How about them apples? And then when you see him put his thumbs in Sandor's eyes, you're like, oh, shit, not this again. <laughs> he gets, he takes a page from Lady Lyanna Mormont's book. 
and little bears him in the eyeball, thinking, okay, maybe he's a zombie. Does he work like the night, the like the undead, like the whites? Maybe yeah. that'll work. And when he sticks it in there, and it's like this motherfucker is just not gonna die. And then he just totally rushes into him and just Voldemort. I keep saying Voldemort. Didn't this happen in in the Harry Potter movies yeah, where somebody yeah yeah it happened in the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he gets cliffed. And I'm like, what a beautiful um, way to die. And and it's so crazy that he dies by... Well, the guys were saying he dies by fire, but technically they both die by blunt force, force trauma immediately <laughs> followed by being incinerated. So that was a, he ridding the world of this monster, ridding the world of a sphere. This is the thing he's always wanted. And I'm like... Wow, that was really dark shit, um, Sandor. Your entire life you waited for this moment. This was your thing anyway. So, John, Davos, they see this thing is going crazy. I found this, this is also a funny moment for me. It probably wasn't intended to be. John sees, him and Davos are like, this shit is just off the chain. And John goes, <laughs> fall back. I'm like, you think? Shouldn't you have called fallback earlier? Why are they now listening to him? They were raping and pillaging before. Now the Dothraki are not listening, by the way, <laughs> because even after he yeah. says fallback, the Dothraki are like, yeah, yeah, da, da, like through the street, just like yeah, they all just, ran in, just you know, oraking everybody, you know, on the way out. Yeah. So at that point, it's a minefield because they don't know where the the wildfire caches are, right? So they need to get out. Yeah, but John is seeing like this is no good for anybody, and I guess maybe that's what does get everybody's attention is the green fire seems to be bad. Fire bad. That fire, not our fire. That fire bad underneath. Let's run. Nobody needs High Valerian or Dothraki to know that that shit is fucked up. Now we see Arya's been through some shit. She's trying to save this mother and child. There's this back and forth with all of that, and she's lying there unconscious after all of this. And she stands up thinking, what the hell? She's got the blood. She's covered in white dust. She looks pale. Yeah, she's unrecognizable. And then there's that bell tower. And again, you're ever in a bell tower in in Westeros or Asbestos. Uh, Get out from under that motherfucker. So she runs. And she sees this group of people huddled in a doorway. Now, I don't know what her head is thinking. She's like, y'all stay here. You're going to get killed. I mean, maybe so. But I think your odds are better maybe creeping in a doorway, hiding in the bathtub like you're doing a tornado. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I. But she gets them out in the street, yeah. and immediately the Dothraki come riding through. Yeah. like, whoopsh. But she finds the same mother and child again. And the woman, I think, is struck down by the Dothraki, I want to say. I think so. Yeah. Like, like the yeah. horse or something like She's that. She's not killed. No. And then she tries, Arya, the woman's like, take my daughter. And the little girl won't abandon her. And she also won't let go of this white horse toy. And then Arya peels off from them. And then Dragonfire, the dragon, yeah, yeah Dragonfire just the, yeah. nails them both. And you got this Pompeii effect happening. And then you've got Jamie and Cersei in the bowels of, of Winterfell. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. So this entire time I've been fixated on the Maggie the Frog thing. I bring it up every time we do anything about Jamie and Cersei and Cersei's fate, Maggie the Frog, Maggie the Frog. And again, like High Valerian gets misinterpreted all the time. Maybe signs and wonders, as we've seen, get misinterpreted all the time. And dying at the hands of little brother 
didn't mean that, or maybe it meant what Tyrion unzipped. Maybe because Tyrion begged Danny to treat with her, it set Danny off after yeah. she, after what Cersei did. Maybe that was the death at the hands of the little brother, or maybe it meant dying in the arms or of her younger twin. Yeah. yeah, we'll never really know, but I feel like something is in that. And that that you know that moment there again, like we're talking about this you know moral fluidity and the yeah. seesawing. Oh my god! It's like that moment when when um, you know Cersei is just faced with death. Like I don't want to die. I want my baby to live. I felt. So now the baby's back again. Yeah, so the baby's back. Ba- yeah. Baby exists. Okay. <laughs> Magical baby's back. The, I mean, I, knows I at felt, this point. I'm just like. <laughs> I felt, I mean, even all the things that she had done, I felt so bad. I know. And I'm just like, I I'm can't like, believe. Oh, I can't yeah. believe I'm feeling this way. I felt sad. And then the reins of Castamere yeah. came up and I had a lump in my throat. Normally I'm like, when you hear that song, someone's going to get murdered by Lannister. And finally that song came for for them. And yeah. I was just, oh my yeah. god! I was feeling so, f- yeah. I was, and I, I was feeling up. so bad yeah. for Jamie. This is all he wanted, and they really were going to make for the entrance and get out of yeah, there. And they were, go- they, yeah, they were going to go. She was like, "I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to go be with my dude, and maybe, you know, that would have lasted a whole of a month. Let's face it. But yeah, that's the know, way that they like the, went yeah. out. And it's just like he's like, "Look at me, look at me," because he knew that it was coming down. Yeah. And it was like, uh Yeah. So I'm seeing, I'm like trying to look at the way that, that Cersei gone out, like went out. And I feel like it's, I feel like the whole season, the show has been trying to tell us that the Night King Cersei is inconsequential at this point. I think the moment that Daenerys began to rain the fire down, she ultimately outranked Cersei as the villain of the story. Sure. And I feel like that was the story being like, she don't matter anymore. Yeah, and I think everybody was wanting some big, big ending for Cersei, but I totally found it fitting as well. Yeah, I I wanted her to get stabbed. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting something like personal and intimate, but like this was was the exact opposite and anticlimactic, but not in a way... I don't know. I say... I say that it's anticlimactic, not as, as as a negative thing to the show. I feel like this is kind of the point of Cersei's character is that she's been grasping at power for so long, and when yeah. she got it, she didn't know what to do with it. She didn't. Yeah. And she had uh, no plan, and she, you know, she fell on her own sword. She died of her own avarice. She died of her own it, ego. It was the overconfidence. Yeah. It was the belief that that Cersei, or uh, sorry, that that Danny was wasn't going to rain fire down on innocent people. Right. That ended up being her demise. So, that yeah. she didn't care about in the first place. That no one really cared about in the first place. The only people who cared about the people ended up being Tyrion and Varys yeah. and Davos. And hell, the Kingsguard right. was trying to like do yeah. something. You know, right. and Arya is trying to save people. All the people who who were like had any kind of soul left in them. Even the, the assassin from Bravos is trying to save innocents in the streets. Right. And well, I mean, like even only Cersei only deliberately had people killed her in direct opposition to her and what she wanted. And even though I don't, I definitely don't think she cares about her subjects. 
I don't think she would have cavalierly killed them the way that Danny was at that point. Again, I don't Danny think was, so either. Yeah. Was focused on wiping the slate, making that spectacle, making that statement, making that final statement to get her to the throne. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It, it's, it was an interesting way to, to sort of close out that story. Well, and then, you know, you, then we're, I'm like, we're done. You know, this is the, the Lannisters are done. You know, is this, is, is Tyrion the last of the Lannisters? Is Sir Brienne carrying a lion cub? I don't know. They had two nights together. It is possible to get knocked up just on the first try. I don't know. I don't think the show does pregnancy stories. And I feel like women who are pregnant on the show don't fare very well. Um, Talisa, I'm looking at you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure if they're actually pregnant. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Magical baby. So I don't, I don't know what's happening there, but I, I know that we get to this place where I'm like, how is this going to end? And now I'm just, you know, I'm not even going to think about how this is going to end. But this, what for this ending, there's this imagery of the white horse in the girl's hand. Now it's you know blackened. Her and her mother are clutched together. Pompey like having been burnt by dragon fire. And Arya looks up, and there's Strickland's her horse. The white horse is standing in the middle of the destroyed street. The gate's been blown open. She's made it almost as far as the gate, and her her Uber is here. Captain Strickland's horse is like, hey, um, I'm not from around here. Can we get out of this motherfucker? I came with frat boy. He died in the first five seconds. That didn't last long. Um, if you got a place to be, I would love to go with you. You know, um, and she gets and there's all these people on Reddit. I mean, I saw this because I was at a sleepless night, just insomnia. But people were talking about the pale death is the pale rider, the death upon a pale horse thing imagery. And I think that's probably something they did intend. Also, she mirrored the horse in that they were both she was covered in the white and they she had the blood on her neck. The yeah. horse had the blood on his legs and his you know sides. Yeah. So they were like a mirror of each other. And, you so know, if Arya Steve, ends up being the one to kill Danny, then that's like yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, that's why I mean we were like, okay, what what color are Danny's eyes? Well, I should look up everybody yeah. on the cast members. Yeah. You know, who's yeah. got green eyes? <laughs> that's like, the okay, case. So if that's the case. That that would make sense for me. The whole list thing with Cersei that would make sense if, if she if she ends up uh, being the one that kills Danny. Yeah, I don't know. The show is never going to play into what we expect to happen. That's true. But I know when I heard... So I say this with of, real hesitancy. When we heard a lot of the seven mixed with Reigns of Castamere as the ca credits played, I was just squealing, and then my jaw just dropped open. Well, because I, I like, thought what? they were going to do that thing, like after they've done something really shocking, like after the Red Wedding, the, the end credits has no music. Yeah. And then like the really quiet piano of the Light of Seven comes in, I'm like, oh my God god <laughs> like this is crazy and then, like he's done ramin has done this before he's he's mixed up light of the seven with reigns of casimir before but not in this way it was just completely it was almost like i don't know it was like dirge like like it was, it was really like a funeral song it's like this like. is the last time you're gonna hear either one of these songs yeah the lannister yeah. song and the lot of seven we're done that's a wrap on that shit yeah hashtag crushed <laughs> in the words of Lena Hetty on her post on Nikolai's wall. Uh I don't I don't have any more to say about it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know yeah. um, and we know from the preview that everybody's posted up the unsullied. Again, there just seems to be more unsullied. It's like we we think we've run out of unsullied, but there's more of them <laughs> that are all lined up. There's a bunch of Dothraki screamers lined up. They I'm just like just come out of a box. They just she's just pulling them out of pockets. She's got deep pockets and that big furry robe of hers. There's more dudes. <laughs> So I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that Arya is staring the hell out of this shit. Like, what is this? So are we still staying in King's Landing? 
Are we ever going back to Winterfell? Um, are they leaving this series as a cliffhanger to answer a larger question about the spinoff shows? There's no way to even guess what they're going to do. Yeah. I don't know, but I just know Tyrion has done a bunch of shit that has not escaped Danny. John uh, Grey Worm has been eyeballing John on the battlefield the entire time. You know, Grey Worm is killing fools. He's still mm -hmm. giving looks to John. So everybody's behavior is going to be reported back to to Danny. What does that mean? What's Arya going to do? I feel like we wrapped Winterfell. We're not going back. Are we staying right here? And then we have I feel the like hour King's long. Landing is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think King, I was thinking. Well, we'll go back to Winterfell, surely. I hope we do. But that opening tells me that's where it ends. It goes through the wall, through you know the last hearth, through Winterfell to King's Landing. You don't think we're oh, gonna? Oh, what it? Oh my God! Wait. What? Okay. What? This is this probably won't happen. But what if it just ends up being like an all-out battle between? People have to pick sides. Is it Danny or John? Like Sansa shows up with the Knights of the Veil, and it's like awesome. I don't know. This oh, is shit. what I want to happen. Oh, it could be. It could be. I mean, if like if Sansa knew this is what was gonna happen, she's like, I fucking told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all. If, yeah. if Barry's was sending out, you know, ravens or something. Yeah, he was. He I was mean, sending out birds you, and ravens. Could and... you have an assembling? But we haven't, you know, we haven't seen or heard anything in the, you know, just the out in the universe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what if it ends? Like, what if this wasn't the final battle? We were waiting. What if the final battle is people picking sides and going at it to see who who's gonna be out on on top i don't know that could be really somebody fun. screams avengers assemble and i'm like bitch who <laughs> <laughs> the portals start opening behind right. Danny, and you're like wait what <laughs> what what's happening oh my god i'm so confused but i'm here for it i was i was steve rogers comes real... walking out i'm sorry ma'am i'm here to kick your ass i've never hit a lady but today's the day <laughs> real quick real quick non sequitur i've, I've been like re-watching parks and rec because i just wanted something on in the background and there were so many Game of Thrones references in that show that it completely was went over my head when I watched it the first time. But I'm like watching all of it now. And they have like a flash forward in the last season. Like they jumped three years and it's like 2017. And then like at one point, Leslie Nope is like, you know, Ben, Game of Thrones is on tonight. Khaleesi is going to marry Jack Sparrow. That show's really gone off the rails. And then, <laughs> ben, is, and then ben is like, it makes sense if you've read the books. <laughs> See, the books versus the TV show. Yeah, everybody's having those options. <laughs> We're going to get on out of here. We've uh, we've spent a, a couple of hours with you guys. We've enjoyed, it every, uh, enjoyed every minute of it. We will be back with the finale. And the cool thing that's going to happen is that we're going to have Andre in the studio with us the next time we do this podcast. And I can't wait. He's coming in tomorrow night. And I'm he's going to so be stoked. with us through the week. And if he lives through the week. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, Fresca in hand. We will be doing this podcast, all three of us in the same room for the first time ever. And yeah. tomorrow night is the first time we're going to lay eyes on you in person. So it's going to be great. I'm so excited. So excited. You guys have a wonderful week. Uh, yeah. Just thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Sandor. Yeah. And everybody for uh, sticking with us. You know what that means, though, right? <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Game of Thrones.